I'm pretty sure our new house might be haunted. What makes you say that? The furniture is levitating. Oh, and the ghost. Welcome home. Yeah, that's... that's spooky. You know what's really scary? Missing out on GEICO for help with homeowners and renters insurance. GEICO makes it easy to save a bunch. Great! Uh, you're not sticking around, right? The party's just getting started. <laughs> Happy geico -ween. Call today and see how easy homeowners and renters insurance can be. You know I'm right! Nick Durst here with Joe Calabrese and Joe as two New Yorkers who are big sports fans and also WWE fans. I think we got the perfect guest here today for our audience. Yes, perfect guest. Uh, from what I understand, he is a credible and entertaining uh, free agent news anchor, but that's not entirely true because he's still working. He's going to tell us about that. Is that what it says about me? Is that what it says? Hold on, you got to let me finish. Uh, he's a sports anchor. He's a quiz master. He's an interviewer. He's a studio host, a seven-time Emmy Award winner, and he's an all-around terrific guy. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out in a minute. Uh, but uh, if you want to read up on his LinkedIn, you know, go right ahead. But uh, we're going to welcome on Scott Stanford to the show. Uh, really, really excited about him. So, Scott, welcome. How you doing? What's going on? Uh, fellas, I'm good. I understand this is where you guys needed me to come sing some show tunes today. What's the story? Les Miz, what are we doing? West Side Story? What kind of show is this? Yeah, we wanted you to, we wanted you to maybe do some R-Truth freestyle rapping. <laughs> you could get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with that. Scott, you, put, you finally played a doctor on TV. What was that like for you? Fellas, I've been waiting all my life to play a doctor on TV, and I did it, I think, for literally 15 seconds uh, of some blood pressure, sugar, cholesterol medication. Uh, thank God it said on the screen, you know, this is not a real doctor, and uh, it was great. It took me about 20 minutes to figure out the lines and, and you know, this is why I didn't go to medical school because I would have failed instantly. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously no medical school, but an accomplished seven time Emmy award winner and currently having a good time. You and Suki doing the Suki and Scott show. How's that experience been like for you? Oh, Started out a little before quarantine and just been cranking out the episodes. It was, uh, I'll tell you what, we got 120 episodes in the can and, and it really uh, snowballed into a show that, you know, we're really just focusing on right now. You know, we started at the beginning of the quarantine. We were doing it five nights a week. Uh, and now we just, you know, between, you know, all the celebrities and the entertainers, it just, it, it thing just snowballed into a show that we couldn't, we couldn't stop doing. Uh, so like I said, you know, we have about 120 shows in there, about an hour and a half each. And we've had on, you know, some of the biggest celebrities and, you know, I love having on, you know, magicians and singers and illusionists. And it's just, we really just started doing it to give people something to watch other than all the crappy news at night. Um, and now we have this massive audience around the country, uh, and it just continues to grow every week. And now we're talking to sponsors and different you know, cable networks and streaming platforms. And, you know, 2021 is going to be a good year for uh, the Suki and Scott show. Um, and, you know, oddly enough, it was really the pandemic that helped us get to where it needed to be because it was, you know, we weren't able to do it every night of the week because we couldn't get together every day in a studio. 
So we're able to do it from our homes. And it's so much easier to get celebrities and entertainers on because they're also in their homes and no one has to leave. So it just, it really, it all came together. And, um, you know, regardless of what happens with, with all the, the bad news out there and the pandemic and Corona, you know, we're just, we're going to keep the show going and hopefully we'll get into a studio, turn it into like, you know, get, we'll get out of these boxes and turn it into a real TV show uh, one of these days, but it's, it's been phenomenal. It's been great. We love it. Yeah. We hear that same thing for us started this during the pandemic and we've been able to get people on because everyone's home. So that's it. certainly helped out. So we want to, we want to walk our listeners here through your accomplished career. Again, seven time Emmy winner. When did you, you know, know you wanted to go into. It should have been eight, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Any, yeah, I think you need a Slammy Award, too. You never you never won a Slammy Award. You never won a Sammy Award, though. I never won a award Sammy you Award. You believe that, fellas? I, I think you should have won a Slammy for Long Island IZ. I mean, oh, that was some of your, you your finest stuff. Of course I should have won for that, especially when I revealed myself, you know, as, as the bad guy. Scott, that was one of the best shows I ever seen. Gone. That was an amazing show. You and uh, Zach Ryder, yeah. uh, awesome storytelling. And that really launched the WWE YouTube into the, the next stratosphere with all the followers it has now. It really did. I'll tell you, man, we had so much fun shooting that thing. You know, we, we would be, I would do my WWE superstars before Raw uh, and SmackDown on Monday and Tuesday nights. And, you know, by, by the time Raw kicked off, you know, we'd be in the back shooting some fun stuff and, commercials for you know bro nuts and broski in a bottle and and all, all this fun stuff man we used to just go back you know with, with ziggler and, and johnny morrison and all those guys and we would just i mean we would laugh our butts off just shooting on his phone and then zach would go home during the week and put it together <coughs> excuse me and it would just be you know the, it, I, you would see 200 300 people a week tuning in to the z true long island story and it was just a lot you know just a lot of fun nonsense that turned into something great and, you know, turned in him into a bigger star than he was. Uh, Absolutely. It was just, it, it was so much fun. Yeah. I, Nick and I uh, attended Survivor Series in 2011. Mm-hmm. And who cares of, about The Rock? One yeah. of the more, I honestly sincerely think one of the mo- more impressive things I've ever, ever seen at a live WWE event at a pay-per-view, no less, at a major four pay-per-view, no less, <laughs> is the main event was The Rock and John Cena against The Awesome Truth. Uh, and kudos because they they had an awesome match and the rock looked great that night. But everybody's chanting for we want Ryder in the main event. And this goes into after the show ends, and they had to say something after the show because the, the crowd was chanting for Ryder, and you were a part of that. You were a huge part of that. Yeah, no, we uh, we had a ball. I remember you know, every every week on the road, uh before Raw, you know, you'd have the dark matches. And and you know the the people coming into the arenas would they they would they would scream out woo that's all you'd hear you know Rick Flair <laughs> and and we want rider chance and it was just it was wild man it was really wild yeah the rider signs everyone had them they wanted to be on the show so yeah, yeah. Just, oh, uh, it, it was amazing it was amazing but the, uh, the king of social media back then really no. revolutionary I mean you, you talk about all these great these great people who have brought technology forward you got bill gates you got steve jobs and then you got zach Ryder, who Ryder. <laughs> absolutely changed the course of, of social yeah, yeah. media and digital media for wwe great so funny so we all enjoyed that show and of course we're going to get to your wwe work as well but we want to take it back here to either your childhood or maybe in the 80s when you are at college when did you know you wanted to pursue a path in broadcasting 
You know what, man? I've ever since I was a little kid, you know, I ran around the house with a microphone in my hand, just, you know, pretending I was Bob Barker from Price is Right. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if there was anywhere else I, I knew I was going to be, but it was always really uh, in broadcasting. And once I found WWF at the time, um, you know, Mean Gene Oakland was the guy I wanted to be. Uh, and I, it's, I have all these old tapes of me with, you know, my long hair and my brother got his first video camera. Uh, and, you know, I'm interviewing him, uh, you know, he's pretending to be a wrestler and you know, all right, mean Gene, you know, this Monday night, Madison square garden, Ted DB, and I'm doing mean Gene. Um, and I basically, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be a broadcaster my whole life. I didn't know what it would be. I still don't know what it's going to be. It'll be something soon. Uh, whether it's a sports guy, a host, you know, Ryan Seacrest type, just doing a little of everything. Um, I always knew that's where I wanted to be. Even in college, I, I, you know, I was the, the radio guy. I was the TV guy. Um, Steve Levy and I, you know, Steve from ESPN for Monday Night Football now. Steve Levy and I went to Oswego together. Uh, we were both on the radio together. We were both on the TV station together, just, you know, having a blast, laughing our butts off. Um, and we just, uh, you know, that was, that was always where I knew I wanted to be. Uh, and regardless of what anybody told me, that's really, you know, oh, I want you to be a doctor, a lawyer. I should have listened now, probably in hindsight, I should have been a lawyer or a doctor. Um, but, but this is, you know, when I, when I go to work, nothing else matters when I'm doing stuff in front of the camera. I don't think about my mortgage, my bills, anything else. It all goes away. Uh, you know, once you're sitting there in the studio in front of the camera. So ever since I'm a kid, that's where I needed to be. Yeah, so you went to Oswego with Steve Levy, and uh, he's somebody that Nick and I have tried, we're trying to get on the show too, very, very soon. So hopefully uh, we can do that. It'd be absolutely I could, amazing, I could especially probably, with what we did this year with Monday Night Football. I could probably help you out with Levy. Good man, Scott. Thank you. Much appreciated. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, he's uh, not as important as he thinks he is. You can get him on. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be done after tonight with Monday Night Football at the end of the season. So so you went to Oswego. Nick Nick went to St. John's. I went to Marist. So uh, obviously uh, we all have that that New York connection. Kind of internships did you did you do in college? Uh, What would what did you also do in college uh, that helped you transition uh, into that world of broadcasting? Well, I did, like I said, you know, I did, I, I always tell the young kids, I said, listen, if you want to be in broadcasting, when you're in college, be on the radio station, be on the TV station, you know, do show anything you could do that has you in front of people or a camera or, or a microphone doing things, just do it because the, you know, the more you do it, the more comfortable you are doing it when you get out into the real world. Um, the, here's the funny thing about me when I was my, my last semester in Oswego, I had an internship set up at the David Letterman show Um, and I ended up changing it to go work for this place called cats radio group sports, which was sports broadcasting, advertising sales in the city. And I ended up in that part of the business for, you know, in my earlier 21, 22, 23 years old, selling sports broadcasting for like the New Jersey devils and the Yankees, you know, all those signs you see on the ice at the arena I was selling those for the New Jersey Devils as a young kid, making some really good money, um, wearing suits every day, sales meetings, pitching people. But again, it was never where I wanted to be. So I gave up a job where I was making about $150,000 a year at 22 years old 
Um, I, I let my apartment run out. I moved home with my parents. I got a gig on a radio station in Rockland County for $200 a week uh, and went back and started to work myself up, you know, in that respect, you know, from station to station. Um, so, you know, regardless of how much money you make, listen, if, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, it's, you're not going to enjoy going to work. Um, so I put in the time, I put in the effort and I, I said, you know, I, this is what, and, and you know, it's funny. Cause I always say to my wife, I say, boy, if I would have stayed in sales, cause there were guys who I was in sales with, who are now like presidents and general managers of broadcasting companies, TV, TV and radio stations. I said, you know, I wonder if, if I would have stayed in sales long enough, I could have been a president and GM of a, of a TV station that I could just put myself on all day. <laughs> all right. It worked out beautifully. But um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, going from college into the broadcasting world. Uh, it's just a matter of meeting people, internships. When you go into internships, you're not doing a lot. You're, you're not going to learn all that much. It's just about meeting people and finding those people who can help you out and move from place to place. Um, but when it comes to college, yeah, just, you know, if you want to be in broadcasting, it's all about the practice and getting involved in as many things as you can, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. And networking is the name of the game for the most part. So curious to hear, you know, you, you get your big break with uh, CBS Radio as a sports anchor in 2001. How did that opportunity come about for you? Uh, it's funny because I was, you know, I was doing uh, working for like Shadow and Metro Traffic and doing traffic reports for stations. And I started my own production company with my brother as a youngster. And I got a call from a buddy of mine who said, hey, man, CBS 880 is looking for an afternoon sports guy. You want to send in a tape. So not needing the job. You know, you always get a job when you don't need it. You know, when you're not desperate for it, that's when you always get it. Uh, I sent in a tape, a demo tape that was all shtick of me doing sports on the radio, <laughs> singing movie clips, blah, 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 blah. Everything but the actual scores of the games. Um, and the funny thing is, uh, I got a call from my buddy. He said, hey, man, they listened to 32 tapes. Uh, they were on cassettes back then. They listened to 32 tapes. You're the only guy he wants to see. And that's because I didn't care if I got the gig at the time. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to send in a sports cast. You know, you know, Mets beat the Brewers today, five to one. Uh, yeah, blah, blah. I did a really funny cast where I, I did some fun things. And that set me apart from everybody else. And I ended up at CBS 880, uh, which led me to to the TV world because once you're on in New York, now you have people who are executives who are listening to you on the radio, right. uh, led me to, you know, channel nine slash Fox five at the time, uh, which got me to channel nine, which ended up getting me to WWE and, you know, it all just kind of blended in together and things just happened once, you know, once it's easier to get a job when you're on the air than if you're off the air. Yes. You know? So it's because once you're off the, it's out of sight, out of mind. Well, I'm getting a lot of sun in over here, huh? It's a nice day. Um, <laughs> but you got to just, you know, you're out of sight, out of mind. And it's, it was just a matter of, um, you know, doing that, the, the steps they tell you. You know, most people had to go out of town to get their broadcasting experience. I was lucky enough to stay right in the New York area and got my experience on little stations outside of the city, which got me into the city. And boom, boom, boom. When I was at Channel 9... Friday Night Smackdown came to UPN. I know you're going to ask me that next. How did you get into WWE? Um, 11 years ago, Friday Night Smackdown came to the UPN network. Channel 9 was UPN here in New York. Yep. I was the sports guy. 
Hey, Jen, we need to sell our home. Do you know a great agent? I do. We just sold with a local Redfin agent. It was awesome. And we paid a 1% listing fee because we bought our new home with Redfin, too. Wow, 1%. Are Redfin agents full service? Totally. Our Redfin agent did it all, and we sold for thousands more than the home next door. I'll check out Redfin today. 1% listing fee when purchasing with Redfin subject to minimums, terms, and conditions. Does not include buyer's agent commission. Learn more at redfin.com or call 844-759-7732. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. They needed somebody to do pieces every Friday night for the newscast that came on after wrestling. Okay, so during SmackDown, they could say, you know, coming up on the 10 o'clock news, you know, Hulk Hogan, blah, 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 blah. So they were trying to get that audience to stick around. I was the guy who was doing the, the WWE up the WWE features for all the UPN nine stations around the country. So I was, it was almost like I was working for WWE. I would go to an event. I'd shoot like 20 different interviews and get everything in the can. And I, so when time came for them that they needed a studio host, it was the same type of thing. It was, hey, man, we just Vince just looked at 30 different tapes. He hates everybody. <laughs> we just remembered, you know, you're doing all this stuff. I sent them a demo, and Vince was like, get this guy in here. And that was basically it. So, you know, it was almost like I was working, I was working with them already anyway. Um, and it, it's been great. And one thing led to another. And I think, you know, in my time there, I basically I've done everything but ring announce. Uh, for WWE, which funny enough, that was probably the one thing I, I wanted to do the most is be the ring announcer because um, Howard <laughs> Finkel was also one of my guys. And nude! That's right, and he pulled, pulled the mic down from the ceiling. Um, but it's been uh, it's been great, man. You know, just doing... Listen, I, I've been there 11 years. I think I missed one day of work for food poisoning. Wow. And it's just been... It's phenomenal. Great place to work, fun going on the road for many years and doing superstars and in the back, um, you know, eventually I turn, I'm too tall for some of the, some of the wrestlers to do interviews. So, you know, they, 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 they like to short, the short people to do the interviews to make everybody look bigger, but uh, it's been so much fun. I love it. And, and like I said, you know, I'm one of those guys that I show up every day, smile on my face, do the work, do it like it's my first day. And you know, I've I, I'm ne- I've never missed, so it's been uh, it's been phenomenal, really great. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, you said C- you mentioned CBS. You you're a big deal there. You won the Air Award two years in a row, back to back champ for the best sports radio anchor in New York City, and that's saying a lot because you're going against you know Bob Huesler, John Minko, like all these big time names, those and you hacks. you blew him out of the water. Yeah, Minko, Huesler, those guys are hacks. Look at them <laughs> going at me. And then you, you go to UPN. I remember UPN, good good times watching UPN growing up, especially SmackDown. So, you know, you go, you get to, I guess, you get on the radar, Vince. You send you send that tape in. Any intimidation when you you meet him for the first time? Uh, yeah, I was a little nervous. Um, you know, the audition process is fun. You go in, you do some stuff. I was with Joey Styles, if you remember Joey at the time. Yep. Um, Joey was doing the auditions. And they have you just do a whole bunch of things. And then you go call a few matches and, uh, you know, you get that call, you got the gig and it's like, wow, man, this is unbelievable. This is, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but it's, um, 
I remember the first time, I think I was doing studio work for about a year. And then all of a sudden I get a call. I'm at NBC at the time. And I get a call on a Saturday from, from WW. Hey, can you get to Wichita, Kansas on Monday? I'm like, yeah, sure. For what? Wichita. I've never been there. Who the hell ever, ever been to Wichita? So they, they, I fly into Wichita. I still don't know what I'm doing. Uh, it's about four o'clock in the afternoon. And I find, I get a call back from Connecticut. My, my, the guy who was my boss, I says, put your tie on. You're calling superstars tonight. I was like, holy shaving cream. You, <laughs> um, you know, it gives you no, they give you no time to uh, prepare. So I'm, you know, okay. Who, what are the matches? Who do we have tonight? Let's, let's get some storylines going. Uh, next thing you know, I'm sitting out ringside with Jerry, the King Lawler, who I've been watching since I'm a kid. And uh, Cole was doing it at the time, and they put me in instead of Cole. And for the next two and a half, three years, I was doing that, um, you know, with Josh Matthews and Stryker, uh, you know, the famous couple of weeks with, um, with CM Punk. We had a great time together. Uh, you know, that was some of the most fun I've had there was just doing, uh, you know, doing the play-by-play -play stuff with Punk because, you know, he was just ripping me the whole time, which is great. Um, and then just, you know, all the studio work, the, the Raw and SmackDown pre-shows with Booker and Corey and Otunga uh, and King and, and Lita, all that stuff is just, you know, they, they, it's true, man. When they say, when you love what you do, you don't have a day of work. I, you could, there was nothing you could do to keep me, I was broken legs, funerals. Like I said, the only thing that kept me out of it was I couldn't get out of bed one night for, for food poisoning. I'm like, you guys know I'm sick if I can't get up right. to Connecticut to do right. this show. But it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. And, I, and even just doing it now in my in my own home, uh, you know, for all the international shows and this week in WWE, I just I, I love doing it. So it's uh, it's been great. And, I, you know, I'd love to be there another another 11 years if they let me. So someone that Joe and I both have worked with in the past at the NHL and MLB Network is Tony Bluffman. He was Tony Dawson in WWE. And he, another hack. So, yeah, another hack. <laughs> another hack. So he, uh, he, he was telling me a story once that he was so caught off guard as to like, like he was a nobody, he says, basically. And he goes overseas to, I guess, the UK. And he had to have a security detail because yeah. the fans were that wild. It's what crazy. was your first experience like that when you were like, wow, I, I can't believe that it's I'm getting crazy. such notoriety here. I used to, I used to show up at these, you know, for raw, you know, like three o'clock in the afternoon, you'd, you'd get into the airport, you'd pull in, you know, you have a car, go to the, the hotel before and, and you'd pull or the night before or whatever it is. And, and you, you're getting your hotel keys and you turn around as 50 people waiting for a picture and an autograph. And I'm, I'm like, you get, you guys are looking for me? Oh, yeah. And they pull out <laughs> and sign it. And I used to call my wife. I'm like, you're never going to believe this. I just had 50 people shaking my hand, asking for pictures. She's like, yeah, okay, sure, sure. Um, but, you know, the, the best place you'd see it was, uh, you know, at the WrestleManias. Uh, you know, at the all-access at WrestleMania when you, you'd, you'd hang out at the convention center and just people. And especially me, I was on overseas mostly. The international community, still am in the international community, you know, 70 countries. And I think, uh, you know, one time, I don't, I don't remember which WrestleMania it was, maybe Miami, WrestleMania 28, something around there. Um, I had all these people coming up to me from Australia. They mobbed me as I'm walking through the convention center. And I'm like, Wait, uh, they had the accents. I'm like, Wait, you guys from Australia? They're like, yeah, yeah. 
I'm like, am I on a lot in Australia? Like, dude, you got your own channel in Australia. Because <laughs> you know, everything we did was running there. And it was, it's so funny, man. But it's, it's really, it's, it's very surreal um, to have that happen, you know, because, you know, being on the news and doing, you know, sports here in New York, people will recognize you from shows, but if they're not like, hey, you're the guy from, you know, Picks 11 or whatever it is. These, the, the, the wrestling fans are insane. They're insane. Even when we do, you know, signings. And people, I, I still feel awful. Like um, people are being charged for my autograph and my picture. I'm like, uh, who the hell am I to be? Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not charging them. It's the promoters, but I'm like, who, you know, why, why are you paying for my picture and my autograph? It's just, it's very, very surreal to me. You know what I mean? It almost, it, it seems criminal. I'm like, dude, you want to take a picture? We'll take a picture. <laughs> but you know, they, and they're pulling out all the encyclopedias from, you know, with the pictures in them from, from WWE. And I'm like, all right, there you go. There you go. But uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah. But I probably got a lot less than Tony did because he was big, very big Tony. Um, no, I'm kidding. He's still a hack. <laughs> I taught him everything he knows. Renee, I taught her everything she knows. So Tony actually, Tony, yeah. Tony actually admitted that he didn't know much about wrestling. And he, he told a really funny story. I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, but he said he got in a bit of an argument because he questioned Michael Cole as to why he was supposed to call Shawn Michaels Mr. WrestleMania instead of The Undertaker. So that's Tony's uh, wrestling knowledge there. First of all, listen, you don't ever want to question anybody. That's rule number one. Uh, and HBK is Mr. WrestleMania. That's his, that's his, that's his nickname, dude. You gotta call. See, I told you, I told you he's a hack. <laughs> yeah, I think, so I, I want to get into this specifically because you've bounced around the New York market. You work for Fox 5, you work for NBC. Uh, picks 11 for a really, really, really long time. Yep. Uh, you did some uh, post-game reporting for the Yankees. Uh, you did hosting and pregame duties for the Giants, right? Yep. So you have a really accomplished sense of uh, how to broadcast the New York, the New York market, the New York teams. You understand the New York fans. Uh, what is, or what would you say are the biggest differences between the broadcast that you did locally here, mm -hmm. uh, covering the teams that you did, the preparation that you did, the work that you did, the, the interviews that you did, uh, and your time in WWE, because I think WWE is a really uh, entirely different animal on its own. And I think oh, one yeah. of the reasons that it, it, it's like that uh, is because of what you just said, wrestling fans. Wrestling fans are just an entirely different breed of of crazy, psychopathic, sociopathic, you know, <laughs> however you want to describe them. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a totally different breed. So what were the biggest differences, uh, you know, professionally uh, in regards to your day-to-day -day duties between doing a local broadcast for a team here in New York and then doing stuff for WWE, doing all that stuff, traveling around, doing stuff internationally? Yeah. Well, you know what? It's, it's um, you know, we're doing, doing the, the New York stuff. That was like daily, night in and night out, right? And, and you know, when you say doing pre and post for the Yankees and the Giants and the Jets. I didn't bounce around from the teams. It was the stations I was at were doing, were carrying those games, you know, picks 11 was carrying the games and so on and so forth. And they would get the Giants and Jet games. Um, but it's just, it, it's a, you know, when you work, what I like to explain, it, it cracks me up with WWE, uh, even with the guys from busted open Dave and bully, you know, I always goof on those guys. Cause I'm like, you guys realize Every day you get on the radio and you're breaking down something that's, you might as well be breaking down every episode of Ray Donovan <laughs> or Ozark, you know, and saying what you like and what you didn't like, 
and why somebody didn't win and how why this happened and why that happened. So doing, you know, working for WWE, it's, it's like working for any other primetime show, right? If I played a newscaster or a sportscaster, on, let's say I was on Ray Donovan, that's one of my favorite shows, right? And you saw me in the background playing a sportscaster, you're reading a script, you're doing this, you're doing that, you do however many takes you want to get it right. You know, when you're doing New York or any, any market television, night in and night out, whether you're the news anchor, which I did for a long time, or the sports anchor, that's all live. So everything you're doing live, really, you get one shot at, unless it's a pre-produced package, of course. So when you're standing out at Yankee Stadium, Mariano Rivera comes off the field after he just won a game and, and you know, the, the, the playoffs against, uh, you know, the Red Sox. And, you know, let, let's go to Scott standing by with Mariano. You get one shot to get that right. And it's live and anything can happen. Uh, and you got to be ready to do that. You got to have questions in your head. Um, and you don't necessarily stick with those questions. But, you know, you base it off of their answers. But when you're out there live doing it every night, uh, it's a totally different animal than, than a WWE where, you know, a lot of stuff's pre-produced. Uh, unless you're sitting there ringside calling the action, a lot of things are pre-produced and it's, you know, if you do, if you're interviewing somebody or you're doing, so you screw it up. All right, Hey, let's do it again. Um, so it's just, I always equate WWE to any primetime show that's on television. So, and it, that's why I always say to bullying those guys, I'm like, I don't see any radio shows about, you know, real housewives of New Jersey or, or yeah. like, <laughs> So we treat it like it's a sport slash entertainment, um, you know, but when it really comes down to it, you know, the results are the results of, of really one man's brain. You know what I mean? So it's almost, oh, do you think Daniel Bryan should have done this or, or you know, the fiend should have done that or why did this happen? It happened because that's what they wanted to happen. Right. Um, so yeah, it's totally two different animals. It's, it's listen, when I sit here and do my shows, I could do it a hundred times till I get it, till I get it the way I want to get it um, live. Uh, <clears throat> but believe me, when you do stuff live and Vince is standing there with you and they're coming to you live, <laughs> there's a little heartbeat. There's a little heartbeat going on there as well. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a totally different animal. One is, one is it on the entertainment side. One is, you know, live sports, you know, you screw up, you screw up, and you keep on going. You call somebody by the wrong name, you keep on going, and you just, you know, keep moving on. But And it's a whole different being in studio, being out on the field, you know, walking with Eli Manning and doing an interview that's live, and you have two minutes. People, people interrupt you, and, you know, somebody's congratulating Eli on the way, and you get interrupted. You just got to keep going, you know what I mean? Um, you got to make it look like nothing ever phases you. Uh, and most of the time, if you do something wrong and you just, if you sound like you're right, people will think you're right. You know what I mean? When people, if you mispronounce a name, if you say it with authority and nobody knows the difference, you keep moving on. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, two, two different animals, um, e equally as exciting, uh, and almost like, you know, drug inducing <laughs> high for <laughs> when, you, when you're ready to go on. It's really, you know, you're like, oh man. You get a little butter. If you don't get butterflies from it, you, something's wrong. You know what I mean? If you got to, you got to be a little nervous or, you know, which keeps you on your toes. So it's definitely, uh, it, it's, it's fun. People think it's, 
you know, I always say anybody could do this if you have enough practice. And there's a lot of people who really can't do it. So there's a lot of people who can't read a teleprompter and make it sound like they're just talking normally. Um, that's really the only thing I can do. You know what I mean? I can't fix Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. Anything in my house, I'm worthless when it comes to that. I'm just, there's nothing, if I was going to leave broadcasting, there's nothing I, there's nothing I could do uh, that really, you know, I would excel at other than this. And I'm, I'm you know, on shaky ground with that. Yeah, it always looks like you're having fun, which I think is key, and... For some reason, I always just remember with NBC when you were there. Every year, you go into the uh, doing the, the the pieces on the Giants Health and Fitness Expo at MetLife Stadium. You and Steve Weatherford are doing zip lines or something. But I just want to know, like, how is it like interviewing him? Because he seems like somebody who could fit in with WWE. Oh, Weatherford, yeah. I mean, the guy's built like a monster. Uh, God, I would kill to be, be built like that just for one day just to see what it feels like. But, no, Steve was a great guy. Most of those guys are really, really good guys. Um, and even at NBC, you know, Chuck Scarborough and Sue Simmons, I watched as a kid. Next thing I know, I'm sitting next to them at the desk, and I'm like, holy, you got to pretend like it doesn't matter. But inside, I'm like, holy cow, man. It's, a, it's Chuck and Sue I'm sitting next to right here. Um, and you got to just, you know, you act like you belong. Uh, and they were great. They, you know, I always did my sports in a fun way for people who weren't really sports, you know, into sports. I was just the guy who came on before the weather. Uh, and, and if you have two anchors who play off you and have fun with it, then it just, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like in wrestling, you know, when you tell people you got to sell, 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 if somebody sells your sports sit next to you, which Sue always did, um, you know, it just makes it all that better. And people, people, the more you can make people remember you, you know, you did something right. That's what I always say to, to young people. Also, if you can make people remember you when you watch a newscast and somebody does a report on, on anything for a minute and a half, and they're just straight flat line speaking with no enthusiasm and no personality, they sign off. This is so-and-so back to you guys in the studio. <clears throat> 10 seconds later, you won't even remember who did that story. But if they can make you laugh or chuckle or cry or whatever it is, you'll remember who that person was. So that's another thing I always like to tell, you know, people starting out. Just listen, go out of your comfort zone, do something. If you're sending in an audition tape or a, or, or a digital link, just remember the 100 people who send it in with you, they're all going to have the same stuff. It's all going to be the same, especially when it's sports. And it's just if you can make it a little different, make yourself stand out, then, then the, even the people who are looking to hire you will remember who you are. Uh, and that's, you know, that's really the, the best advice I can give to anybody who's, you know, who wants to, to be in broadcasting or set yourself apart from anybody else. You just have to be a, a hair different just so they remember you out of all those, you know, because they, they get a lot of them. 
they get they used what we used to be tapes now it's all links you know they're getting 20 links and and you just have to make yourself stand out but um it's uh it's it's been it's been a great ride for me and i'm still just as hungry as i ever was uh you know to be a, a big you know big time broadcaster in this business and i'm still i still I, I do auditions and people send me auditions for little gigs here and there i'll never turn down an opportunity uh you know even that the doctor thing that we you know we're goofing around about wasn't didn't pay a lot of money uh you know they they hired me from an audition which i didn't think i would get i did it on my phone you know hey this is doctor so-and-so <laughs> next thing you know i'm in the studio and and but then you meet people who you're working with and that leads to other things so nothing's ever too small for me nothing's ever too big um and i just you know i, I get like i said it's i was never a big uh drug guy but being on tv it's like a drug for me and it just lets i forget about anything else that's going on yeah i think uh you know, especially with your time with Pix 11, you were basically the Brooklyn brawler. You were doing all the jobs. You're doing everything, anything they ask you to do. And, uh, you know, now you're, do you're also doing stuff now with CBS and Yes as well. So basically, these opportunities are coming to you. And I guess your advice for people would be, you know, never think you're too big for anything. Is that no, correct? No, absolutely. And you listen, I've done and I'll still do things for free if I think it'll get me to the next level of, you know, Hey, Scott, can you do this? But we don't really have a lot of money. Yeah, sure. I'll do How long is it going to take me to do it? I love doing it. Uh, you know, we're quarantined anyway, so we all have nothing to do and nowhere to go. Um, but you never, you never know, man. And it's just, you know, yeah, H, uh, CBS HQ, uh, you know, like you said, the yes network, this boxing 30 show that I do now, it's just, it's listen, it's, it's no different than me sitting here talking to you guys except I'm just doing a different script um, and, you know, wearing my suit. And then I switch over to my, my Brooklyn background. Like I'm in an apartment somewhere, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, you know, and, and you know what, one of the best days I've ever had at WWE also was WrestleMania 29 it was the first time we did. It was at MetLife stadium. It was the first time we did a pre-show for WrestleMania Yep. Um, like, like we do them now, uh, where it was me, uh, JR, uh, Dusty Rhodes and Kofi, you know, up at MetLife stadium. That was real. And you, and that was the same. I had my own security detail and people were mobbing us. I mean, it was it, my, and my wife saw that when she was there She's and people are yelling your name. She's like, Holy cow, man. I even let her meet the rock that night. It, she'll never forget it. Um, but that was really, it's just that this, this, the, the WWE, uh, time, uh, has really just provided me with so many great moments and memories for myself, um, that, you know, if it ended today, and like I said, I'll, I could another 20 years with these guys, I, I'll be very happy. Uh, it's just been, it's been so much, I know the company takes a lot of heat for, you know, different things and different issues and this and that, and this and that, but they've really listened through this pandemic. We never stopped shooting. Uh, and they were really, well, all the other sports things went away. WWE never stopped shooting. Uh, and that's, you know, I could actually say that was my saving grace during this pandemic or a, I probably would have lost my mind, um, you know, without things to do. Cause I'm, I'm a workaholic when it comes to this stuff. You know, I just, you can't work me enough. Um, but they've just been phenomenal for me. Really. I can't, can't say enough good things about them. Yeah, I uh, I believe 
that we're going to look back 10 years from now at the shows that the WWE ran at the Performance Center during the height of the, the pandemic back in the spring. And we're going to look at those shows and we're going to look at the work all the performers put in. And you talk about all the performers who are in the ring, the announcers, people backstage, people like you who are doing the hosting stuff. Uh, we're going to look back at like camera crew and production stuff uh, all the way on from the production of uh, the Performance Center now to the Thunderdome. Uh, the Thunderdome went to the Amway Center in, in Orlando, and now it's at the, the Trop in, in, in yep. St. Pete and Tam near Tampa. Uh, I think what the WWE has done on the fly, uh, especially with how you and your colleagues have in been incorporated into that, I think it's a remarkable achievement. I think you deserve a lot of praise for it. Uh, I don't think you guys are necessarily going to get as much due as you guys deserve until years from now when people look back on it and they say, wow, what they did was really, really difficult to pull off because uh, you need fans for pro wrestling. You need the oh, fan man. interaction. Weird, you need all right? that stuff. But, <laughs> but what, what you guys were able to do so differently, I think it, I think it deserves a lot of credit. There's a, there's, there's, it deserves a lot of kudos. Yeah, no. And, and listen, when you look at it now with the, the Thunderdome stuff, with all the people on the screens, uh, it, it's so odd because, you know, it looks like it's, uh, it, it's crazy fans. And the minute, you know, if you, you turn those things off, there's nobody in the building. So it's just, it's a very odd, uh, very odd thing. But they've really, what they've done with that Thunderdome uh, and the digital fans being able to, you know, be there, it really, it's just, it, you, I mean, you're used to it now, right? I mean, you're watching it, you're used to it. You got the crowd noise, you got the people. Um, but when it first came on, you know, from a performance center, it was real. We were like, oh boy, we, we you need, you need some fan, you need some noise in here. It was very... It was very odd, but they, you know, they fought through it and, and, you know, you come out on the other side. Listen, SmackDown just did a, their highest number of the year on Christmas yeah. in the Thunderdome. So I, I think it's been a, a huge success. Uh, it's very different. It, it took a little while to get used to at first, but I think the overall experience uh, and the, the theatricality and, and the spectacle of it, uh, I think is, is very much there. You know, I, I, I like think the shows it? have been greatly improved since it, I, it was implemented. What I like about it is when when the guys and girls are in the ring and they're even just, you know, needling each other and talking to each other and trash talking each other. You, you hear it perfectly. Um, you know, you can hear the audio, which many times when the crowd is in there and it's set up differently, you don't get that. Um, but, I, you know, I love when you when someone's, you know, standing next to each other and they're just like, you know, USOV and. You know, you, you get you get all that stuff coming through loud and clear. Um, but yeah, it's it's been amazing, man. And you know, who knows what's going to happen in the new year with with the virus and everything else. But listen, if they keep going the way they're going, ratings are you know three and a, three million plus, right for SmackDown, um, and, and NXT is doing so is is great now. And listen, even though you know they got competition, and that makes everybody do do bigger and better things. Uh, and I just think, listen, as, as long as, um, you know, just keep putting out the good program. And again, it's, it's not a baseball game. It's not a football game. It's, it's theatrics. It's Ray Donovan and Ozark. Whatever happens this week doesn't mean anything next week and won't mean anything the week after. They can make it as crazy or as non-crazy or, you know, right. insane as they want to make it, you know, things that bully right. always talks about things that make sense. Yeah. Sometimes it can make sense. And if it does, 
listen, you got the fiend who appears and disappears. All right. They just yeah. on fire. Scott, I'm still I'm still waiting to find out who hit Elias with a car when we had the hacker on SmackDown. He didn't right. want to release the footage. So <laughs> just disappear. It's just we'll you know, find out. But I watch I watch Blacklist every night. I'm addicted to that show with James Spader. And you know, things don't make nothing makes sense on that show, but it's just it's entertainment, man. And it's like, oh, all right, good show. Good show, not such a great episode. That's the way it is, you know. But, so, um, Scott, you, you grew up a, a big wrestling fan, obviously. So when you join the company and you're, you're getting access to all these you know, wrestlers or former wrestlers, was there anybody that ever starstruck you just because you grew up such a big fan of them? You know what? I, I, even, I never got or and still I don't get starstruck. I always made it seem I always wanted to make it seem like I was supposed to be there hanging out with you. Um, but, but with WWE, you know, in my head, if I ran, if I, you know, Hulk Hogan, uh, or even guys like the rock, when I first meet, you know, these larger than life guys, um, so many times when they did like those, uh, you know, the vintage, uh, throwback shows, you know, with the legends and things like that, I'd be like, Oh man, look at this. I, Ivan Putski I'm meeting for the first time, you know, um, <laughs> and stone cold and all those guys. And they just, you know, they turn out to be just regular nice people you know tito santana and you know all the old guys i used to watch as a kid on this when they were on spanish tv stations um you, you know uh chief j strongbow and all those guys right baron miguel Sacluna. i remember i once did a piece when i was at channel nine on a wrestling school for that upn9 thing the smackdown and it was the johnny rods wrestling school uh where gleason's gym is in brooklyn and I just remember that was, I was like, wow, Johnny F and Rods, man. I used to, he, used to, he was like the ultimate jobber, right? Johnny right. Rods always was losing. You knew if Johnny Rods was wrestling, he was losing the match. Um, but what just such a, such a nice guy. One of the best pieces I think we've, I've ever done um, getting thrown around the ring and him doing stuff with me. But yeah, no, it's listen, even, even now, if I go backstage and I'll, you know, you run into like Roman Reigns or, you know, Rollins and those guys, um, it's just, they're just, they're just these larger than life personalities because they're all much bigger than me anyway. Um, but they're just, they, they, they're like normal right. guys, you know, hockey players are, are great guys, baseball players. When you get, when you see them, they're just, no, you know, Hey man, yeah. You want to take a, hey, can you take a picture at my door? Sure, man, bring them over. Uh, you know, Stephanie McMahon, uh, you know, she's, she's phenomenal. You know, WrestleMania last year here in New York, um, you know, had my kids. She's like, Hey, come, let's take pictures. Everybody's just so they're, they're just, they're actors. Uh, and in real life, they're, they're amazing, really nice people. It's, it's, it's really what well, I give you the shirt off their back. Scott, what do you remember from the Mike Adamley era? Oh, Mike Adamley. I wasn't <laughs> There was a time where I missed a couple. I, I, I left WWE for a few years as far as being a fan and watching. Adam Lee was in that time where I didn't really watch what I made him the general manager. Uh, and I remember he, um, what, what he messed up uh, Jeff Hardy's name. What he Jeff Harvey. Him? Jeff Harvey. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he got lambasted for that. Oh, my God. He when got- he walked out on ECW announcing, that was just like yeah, yeah. electric. Uh, yeah, no, I remember Adam Lee. That, that Adam Lee Originals. I mean, he came up with the, the six-pack challenge. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think I remember I screwed up once um, in uh, WWE Superstars. I remember I called a move wrong. 
Uh, and it just, I did not even that I called it wrong. It just came out of my uh, hurricane Rana. I called a hurricana at the time. <laughs> and, you know, I was just, dude, right. I just called it wrong. Came out and I was, I happened to be with CM Punk and he, he started, he's like, it's a hurricane Rana, you moron. And, this is not, <laughs> and you know, you just, you could, you could either, you know, sink in your chair or you just hit, you, you know, you just hit him right back. I'm like, no, no, right. I meant to say hurricane. I wanted to see if you were listening, dummy. Well, that's the best part about having a great heel announcer next to you is they, they could always cover yeah, your faults. Right. And that's the best thing about pro wrestling. It's, Absolutely. it's their jobs to, to be on your case as you're calling stuff. Right. That's great. Yeah. Right. And he made, and, and him doing that stuff to me made, gave me the ability to, to be funnier and, and, and rip him back. And the audience, I still get, you know, YouTube videos. Where, hey, I loved when you were with punk right. and you know, you called, you said he was like your wife complaining and this and that. And, you know, he called me at Steve and, and Joe. He never called me by my right name. And uh, it was just a lot of fun, man. Just all those guys are uh, really just nice. You know, and, and you'd end up flying with a lot of them to different places. Uh, you know, I remember walking into an airport one morning and, and there were the Bella Twins. Nice. There going back to New York, I was like, oh, this will be a nice flight for me. <laughs> uh, you know, I sat with John Cena once, just the two of us uh, in an airport. And you just, you never, and you never know, man, you never know what's coming around the corner uh, and, and getting to meet a lot of celebrities who come to the WWE events uh, was great. So it's just, uh, like I said, just the, the whole, I, I, I'm very lucky to have gotten the gig that I got. And I'm lucky that I also had all these other uh, outlets of where I was able to work um, doing the news and none of them ever got in the way of each other it's great you know what i mean the news never i had a full-time job doing the news and sports my wwe stuff stuff never got in the way and vice versa um but i never i never as even no matter what i was doing full-time wwe i always i always kind of put first but don't tell anybody all right, I mean, it's great that you know you're a programming director. I'd be like, oh, you got to go to Wichita to do Raw, no problem. We'll yeah, we'll right, get a right, fill right. in. So Listen, it's good man, that works can, out. Can I, can I have tonight off? I got yeah, right. I got to be in Wichita to do Monday Night Raw. He's like, <laughs> and if they're and if your and if your news director is a wrestling fan, forget it. You're you're in like you're in. And, uh, you mentioned the heel commentator. I think as soon as he decides to retire, the Miz is going to be the the heel commentator for decades to come in WWE. Who is that? The Miz, Mike the Miz Mizan. Oh, Miz, yeah, no, Miz is great. Yeah, we but, had we had Miz and Maurice on our Suki and Scott show a couple weeks ago. Miz and Mrs. promotion. Miz and Mrs. and uh, he, great show. Listen, man, excellent show. That's the thing, you know, the guy, the guy's great on a microphone. Uh, he's got energy, he's got charisma, and that's you know, I think in this day and age, that's more important than your actual wrestling skills. You know, it's, it's because, again, it's it's entertainment and it's a TV show, not a sporting event. Yep. So, yeah. So, so Scott, one last dirty question for me here. Let's say Vince calls you up tomorrow. He says, I want you to be a personal ring announcer for any superstar of your choice. Um, Who are you picking? Oh, oh, any superstar of my choice? Personal ring announcer, like Ricardo Rodriguez was for Alberto Del Rio. Oh, okay. Not like, not like, uh, uh, Paul Heyman, not the, the personal advocate, just like, Oh, you could be an advocate, <laughs> advocate manager, an advocate. Personal, personal ring announcer, whatever you want to call it. By the way, I, I would, I would be great. Like if I was the GM of raw or SmackDown and I could turn into a total tool bag, Oh, <laughs> I would be great at that. Um, it's some, uh, somebody today. Yes. Not just, just somebody today. 
Um, probably, you know, <laughs> I was gonna we're gonna call R you the consigliere Scott yeah. Stanford. How about that? I was gonna say our truth, but he's uh, he I don't think he's he's main enough. Um, yeah, you know, who, who would it be? You know, a, AJ would be fun, he's got the big guy almost. Um, you know, who probably would be fun because he would make me look like a midget would be um, what's his name? Um, Lesnar. You and Lesnar, <laughs> I, I think I think it could work because Heyman's occupied with uh, Reigns. So if we yeah. do you and you and Lesnar versus Reigns and Heyman, actually even better would be Braun Strowman. You and Braun, that'd be good. You and Braun would be a good combo. Because yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I come up to. I mean, I'm six one. I probably come up to the guys, you know, shoulder. Uh, it would be fun, but uh, yeah, I, oh, I believe, believe me, if Vince calls you for anything, you, you're there. You know what I mean? Whatever he calls you for, you're whenever any anybody calls, hey man, we need you to do this. You're there, man. It's uh, it's 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 great. It's great. And I just got my girl Elise Ashton into the business. Uh, Elise was doing stuff here in New York with Islanders and and Fox Five, and you know we we're looking for a new host for with me for uh, this week in WWE. So now she's on. She's on SmackDown every week, and uh, it's great. You know she's she loves it and. Uh, it's just, you know, you just wait for your opportunity. I'm still waiting for mine. It's been 11 years. I'm just <laughs> waiting. We got to get you on the bump with, with my buddy, Matt Camp. I figured that'd be the perfect show for you. Do you know that I am pretty, they've had the janitor on the bump before they put me on that show. <laughs> they had people nobody's heard of before I've been on that show. It's not good. I put it out on Twitter. Nobody listens. I've told, I, I've said it on the pre-shows. I said it to Sam Roberts a couple shows back. And I think I'm the only one left in the company who hasn't been on the show. And I, you know what? It's, they're, they're scared, dude. You right. know, they're scared. <laughs> I get on as a guest, then it's like, oh, we should make Scott the host. Right. Everybody's that's the problem. Definitely. I mean, even because like, Car even Carmella's assistant's been on the show. Oh, dude, forget point. it. I saw they were, they, uh, hey, coming up tomorrow on the bump, uh, Jim Smith, the uh, gas station attendant from Monroe, you know, Connecticut. And I'm like, holy cow, Jim Smith's getting on this show before I am. That's unbelievable. What do yeah, you I know. They really need to have you on. Uh, <laughs> Scott, I wanted to, to go back in time a little bit because uh, so Nick and I grew up obviously watching sports. Uh, you more so than anybody, I think, have a personal connection to a lot of great people who have been on air uh, through the years in New York. Yeah. Uh, people that I grew up watching, uh, if I watched SmackDown, you know, if I watched the news, guys like Russ Salzberg, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, guys like Bruce Beck now, uh, Len Berman is yep. a legend. Obviously you have probably have some connections with him. Uh, how does it feel knowing that you've gotten to work with uh, or, or be colleagues with or, or grow relationships with uh, some of the, the I what I would assume would be the best sportscasters and in, 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 throughout the country and, and people who really uh, were were instrumental in making the New York market the way they did. Yeah, no, listen, when, when I when I first got into it, I worked with Ross at Channel 9 uh, for several years. And it's a very small community, as big a market this is in New York. It's a the broadcasting community is very small and everybody knows each other. Everybody's friends with each other. Um, you know, Scott Clark was here when I came on, uh, Len yeah, Scott mentioned Scott Clark too. Yeah. Len just left NBC. I, I, Bruce moved into Len's spot and I moved into Bruce's spot at channel four. 
Um, so, you know, I was, I'm, I'm still, and I'm still very good friends with Bruce, um, Otis over at channel two, Otis, uh, Livingston. Otis um, Livingston is great too. Yeah, Steve Love Obermeyer, his coverage of the Knicks. Um, yep. Folks at, at Fox five, you know, Tina Servacio. I got, I go way back with Tina. We, Tina and I used to do arena football together, uh, with the New Jersey red dogs. That's how far back we go with her. Um, and all, uh, Duke Castiglione who was here on channel five. Um, and, and Russ, and then, and then you had, um, who was it on 11? It was, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh boy. I can't remember. Yeah. Lolita Lopez was doing the sports. And then the other guy who was on with Len at all. Uh, oh, Sal, Sal Marciano. Sorry, Sal, uh, <laughs> Sal Marciano. Uh, and all the, yeah, no, it's, it's, it was, you know, it was always the best time when, when, when you were covering big events. And everybody was there from every station. You know what I mean? Warner Wolf. I remember when I first started Warner, like if you, if the Yankees signed a big player and we all went to a press conference, it was always like, oh, Warner gets the first question. Warner's that guy. <clears throat> um, and then eventually it turned out to where I was almost the guy getting the first question all the time. As, as those, the bigger guys were leaving, you know, I was still here, still here. And then we would be in a, you know, a press conference and, and they, uh, you know, if I they'd go right to me or, you know, in a, in a post game show. Um, but yeah, no, it's again, you know, a lot of those guys I watched on TV as a kid. And next thing you know, you're just hanging out with them and they're telling you stories about, you know, how great the business used to be. Um, and those were the guys who were making all the big money. You know, those guys are making a million dollars a year. Um, and for, for doing the same thing I was doing, I'm like, boy, I wish I was doing this in the eighties. Um, because you know, they don't, they don't pay out that kind of salary anymore. Now, you know, the broadcasting business is changing. TV is, is, is turning into a, a, a relic pretty much Re regular broadcast television between all the streaming platforms and digital and so on and so forth. You know, it's a, it's a whole different ball game. Um, but back when we were kids, you know, you had four channels in New York. Right, two, four, five, seven, and eleven, and and nine, and those those the people who were broadcasting on those channels made a lot of money, and you knew who they were, and you got your news from them, right? By the time I came on doing sports, everybody already knew what the Mets did and what the Yankees did. That's why I always just made it fun, and did fun pieces and goofed around and Bill Belichick goofy stuff, and you know, um, but yeah, they you know Warner Wolf. Sal Marciano, Len Berman, Scott Clark. I mean, every station you had like a major star doing your sports cast. And then as people started to say, you know what, why are we paying this guy a million dollars and we could pay this guy $200,000 for the same thing. <clears throat> so, it, but yeah, no, it's a lot, a lot of legends, man. A lot of all those guys, you know, a lot of them are, are moved on and living in, you know, Florida. Scott Clark has a, 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 um, a lake house in Illinois somewhere, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of great. And, and, and then you have the Chuck Scarboroughs who, who are still around Chuck doing his thing, you know, and it's amazing. You know, some people could stick to, you know, Kitey Tong on fix 11. God, Kitey, I was 10 when Kitey was doing, you know, with Ernie Anastas on ABC, but I, you know, I got to work with her and it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of surreal, but after a while, it's just another day at work. You know what I mean? Hey, Kitey, what's going on? What's the, and they're all just regular people. What are, what are we doing? We're not curing cancer. We're just, you know, we're just, we're just on TV. 
people think it's a lot bigger deal than it is <laughs> but we're really just what we do is pretty easy compared to most people's day at work yeah no but i mean all those names stuck with me throughout the years and i used to watch them when i was a kid yeah like i, like I said after every single event uh you always kind of the news kind of hovers around in the backgrounds background noise uh, but then you go through the weather and then you go through the sports and then you go to your, your nightly, you know, talk shows, yep. you know, from when we were kids, Nick and I was like Leno and Letterman uh, now obviously Fallon and Colbert yeah. and Kimmel. And that's just the way it is. And all these names become so prominent in our lives. And, and for Nick and I specifically, because we decided to pursue a, a career in sports and because we have a passion to do this, all those names stuck with us. And, and obviously your name is is sticking with us too. And, and, and for a really, really great way, reason. So uh, you know, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, my last question is, when are you going to have Nick and I on for a Know Your Foe segment? Oh, uh, geez, Nick, Nick more so than I am, because he's the Giants fan of the, the two of us. I'm the Jets fan, so we kind of balance each other out. Uh, but when are you going to have him on for a Know Your Foe segment? <laughs> I tell you, that was always one of my, my the most fun I've had going into those locker rooms, doing Know Your Foe with those guys. You know, half of them look at you like you're crazy, and the other half will, you know, go full boat with you. Uh, but you know, I, I don't even, I haven't done know your fault. I think Russ still does it um, on the, on the channel five, you know, the, the giants pregame stuff that he does with Tina. Yeah. I think he still does that. He does. Um, which I invented by the way. Don't let him tell you. You, different. you are the, the inventor and the creator of that. I, I, you know, with Zach, I wanted to do know your bro. Um, and isn't it funny? How well, you could still do know your bro. We, you have a yeah. riddle. Yeah, yeah, with the riddle. There you it's go. Funny how they're, they're bringing back all the bro stuff with the riddle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know, I, I, unfortunately on the Suki and Scott show, no, know your foe doesn't uh, it doesn't come in too often. <laughs> no, you gotta get Matt Cardona, Zach Ryder on the Suki and Scott show. Yeah, right. That's funny. Woo, unfortunately, woo, woo. our audience it. is all it's all females, forty plus. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I have to stick with magicians and uh, singers and 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 uh, celebrities. Joy Behar, right up their alley. Yeah, right. Joy Behar's of the world, but uh, yeah, it's fun, man. It's good. That's great, uh, Scott. You were really great. Thank you for doing this with us. We really, really appreciate it. You got it, fellas. Uh, we always give our listener. Uh, we always give our guests the last words to our listeners. So, if there's anything you would like to share or promote, the floor is all yours. Go right ahead. We really appreciate you doing this again. Hope you enjoyed the holidays. Have a happy new year. Stay safe, you and your family throughout this whole thing. The floor is yours. Go right ahead. You too, fellas. Listen, have a great new year. You know, be safe. Hopefully 2021 is a little better, but uh, you could catch, uh, you know, Suki and Scott show. It's uh, 730. Uh, we do it live Wednesday, uh, Tuesday through Thursday on Facebook Live and like 20 other platforms, which I don't even know where we are, but I know we're on Facebook Live. Roku, Apple, all that other stuff, which I still, I don't know anything there either. Um, but <laughs> Suki and Scott show 730 Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, celebrities, entertainers, and it's just, it's a, it's a good hour of uh, escapism from, you know, the usual crap you're getting every day. But, uh, and that's it, man. Thanks for, for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. It was fun. Really appreciate it. So that's going to do it here for this episode. For, so for our special guest, future Slammy Award winner. And, and maybe, Sammy Award winner. Maybe, and maybe guest on the bump, Scott are Stanford. Parting, are there parting gifts on this show? Do I get a gift <laughs> certificate to a, you know, Smart Steakhouse or anything like that? We give you a subscription to the WWE Network, which you probably nice. already have. <laughs> <laughs>
appreciate Thank it. Thank you, fellas. It was fun. So for Scott Stafford and Joe Calabrese, I am Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership-developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com slash money for college.